Yeah, I think that a lot of times like things are redesigned without fully understanding the problem. Like what problem is this solving, right? Like is a redesign necessary or is like a modification more necessary? And um, I think that's the biggest distinction is that everyone, at, at least when I understood it, like going to school, it was like, oh yeah, I did a full rebrand of X company, right? And you never stop and think like, why? Why did, why did you do it? Like, because you know, they got money. Exactly. It's they just got money like, and they oh, can't they fix the real problems. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they don't change anything about it except like the type treatment of the logo and yeah. the different fonts. And maybe they added like a little bit more padding to, you know, give it more white space and breathing room. You know, like when you have to do a bunch of shit and like you just like clean your room or you organize stuff mm-hmm. like the, the capitalist version of that in startups is you get a new office yep. or you do a redesign. <laughs> yep. The redesign yep. is like the classic thing of it's a thing to do when you're avoiding the real thing you have to do mm-hmm. and it creates a bunch mm-hmm. of work and there's reviews and meetings and you're like sick we got a new like uber redesign slack redesign like, facebook yeah like and it's like you're not like i plant my room too yeah i just didn't, i didn't spend a billion dollars doing it right yeah. like it's like cleaning your like you know it looks better right yeah yeah, yeah i think i, I just I, i'm really drawn to like the problem solving aspect of yeah. it and yeah. like you know graphic design traditionally is not about problem solving it's yeah. just all about aesthetic sensibility in my opinion Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Retro, our show where we talk about the tactical nitty gritty of how anyone can build a successful career in tech. I'm your host, Randy Brown, and along with Kirk Fernandez. Hello. We're the co-founders of Merit. Merit is a free service to connect folks on software teams to senior leaders to grow their craft and career. Feel free to check us out at get-merit.com. Today, we're joined by Kate Matsumoto. Yeah, hey, what's up? <laughs> Sorry, delayed reaction. I was like, am I, mean, I you don't have to say Wait, am, am, am I, am I Kate? Okay. <laughs> uh, Kate is a senior product designer at Etsy, which is an online marketplace where people can make, sell, and buy unique goods. She previously worked for Creative Mornings in Tetley. When Kate's not at her monitor, you can find her at her pottery wheel or hosting her, or her podcast, So Where Are You From? Kate is also a coach on Merit, where she enjoys connecting with other designers to help them uh, grow their craft and careers. Thanks for joining us today, Kate. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so I think the thing we just want to start about is like, did you, uh, you're a product designer now. Did you always know you wanted to be a product designer? No, I didn't know this was a job that people could do. Like, <laughs> really? like in all honesty. That was a job? That, no, they would, that they would pay you money for? That they would pay me money for it. Yeah, I mean, a uh, little bit of background is when I told my parents I wanted to study art, they were like, what? <laughs> but how will you make money? <laughs> what was the expected path for you? Oh, God. I mean... A lot of people share this experience of like your parents only understand like doctor, lawyer, business person, right? And um, I think it was just, I made it very clear to them, that's not where I'm going. Uh, Please trust me on this one. And they did, which was really awesome. That's awesome. You know, a lot of people have like the parent uh, school experience where the parent really tries to dictate the path. And my parents were like, let's see where this goes. Like if you really get knocked on your ass, we'll be there to help pick you up or that's whatever. That's such a healthy, yeah, like healthy dynamic. Look at that. Yeah, it was nice because um, within the first semester, I had always kind of like struggled in high school. Like I didn't have like a 4.0 GPA. I was kind of like B plus student. 
And uh, when I got to college and I studied design, it was something I was really interested in. And I took a bunch of different like art classes and I got straight A's. So they were like, okay, well, this seems to be working. <laughs> so that's when they were like, okay, she can do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then what was so weird was, so I graduated college in 2011 and um, I was the only one out of like all my friends who had graduated that had a job right away. Hey. So Damn. I was just like, hey, this is <laughs> So is it like a gloating where you're like, you know what? Fuck y'all. Exactly. Like, I mean, there are a couple family friends back home where I'm just like, y'all can S my D. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you cannot tell me I can't do can't do this for a living. Um, but I also think that like um, not studying fine art, like graphic yeah. design is like art with a stoot, yeah. right? And now like product design is like art with like a graphic t-shirt of a software company, <laughs> but you make way more money. So Yeah, the, the money is a non-trivial part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It was, it was something where um, at every step of my career, I've always tried to leverage professional development yeah. and uh, just to try to like level up because you asked me like, what did I originally want to do? Like when I graduated or like, did I always want to be a product designer? And in all honesty, I think, like my dream job getting out of college was to work in publishing. Like I kind cool. of really dreamed about being Anne Hathaway in The Devil Wears Prada, you know. <laughs> like uh, like fashion? Like in fashion? I think, yeah. Or like I the th- editor persona of like, I'm control of the media. Like a the cura- narrative, curator. Like yeah, I think I wanted to be like a like a creative director of a magazine. Yeah. That's like, cool. Yeah, I was like, that would be so awesome to just design all these like really cool editorial stories, work with photographers, be up in coming like be working with up and coming like fashion designers and things like that and then I'm like moved to New York and was like oh my god that actually sounds terrible (laughs) all of the people that work in this industry are not cool (laughs) or just it's just very are they all average parents (laughs) yeah I mean they all just like work really hard and it's like super competitive and I'm just I wasn't down for the vibes that I got after after moving here I was like no that doesn't seem like a good path for me yeah so, so when you were like studying design, what type of design? Like, what was like kind of like, what, what was the expectation of folks who were also studying design in school? So, I went to a small liberal arts school called USF, not to be confused with UCSF, which is a medical school, medically focused school, or San Francisco State State College. It's a small private Jesuit school. And um, it was like a really small program, which I really liked. I went to like a huge public school my whole life. Like all my classes had like 50 kids in them. And it was really nice to be in a place where it's like, hey, there's like 15 people in all of your classes. You get tons of individual attention from all your professors. And uh, they tried to do like, because it was a smaller school, like an all-inclusive kind of program. And uh, technically, like uh, when I started there, my degree was in graphic design, but I graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in design in general because they wanted it to be more flexible and not just... Um, limited to graphics. So we studied everything from like, we were required to take like studio arts, art history, like two full semesters of art history. Uh, we had um, like computer, uh, sorry, web design. Yay. We had, there you go. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> computer design. No, we had web design. And we had ex- don't, be, don't be afraid to date yourself. Don't be afraid. <laughs> yes. I learned had... HTML and I mean, Flash. <laughs> yeah, I learned Flash too. Oh my God. We, oh yeah. That was a, that was a dark era. No it, one talks about those days. Exactly. And actually, my first website I built using Dreamweaver. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah oh that goodness. was the thing. Flash was rough because it was like action script, which is yeah. a language no one liked. And then keyframes, like it's a yep. mix of it. And I was like, this is the worst of both worlds. You're making me learn two things I don't want to learn. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I built this like very comprehensive like Flash website about collage and there were like, it was very Monty Python, like lots of sliding <laughs> hands going in and out. It was great. 
that that web uh, I, I think there's a general nostalgia for that kind of like unruly web right like yeah. the, the the not ranked web where mm-hmm. you, just, you, you yes. fucking like open the door and like this is where I'm at now exactly yeah, I'm nostalgic yeah. for that my fun, fun my, my favorite fun fact is that the original Space Jam website is still up and running yes. <laughs> you can still find it. it's just like I, 90s yes I saw that it is so good you know okay so Disney Plus is out now yeah. did you all ever watch the show so weird on no. Disney no. Channel oh it? my god it was Disney Channel's version of the X-Files and it's about this girl Fiona her mom's a rock star and she's like going around the country on her mom's tour bus discovering paranormal activity. So she's an agent or just like a, a, a interested student? She's just an interested student but she has her own web page and it's like it is like the quintessential like late 90s web page. It's yeah. like literally like huge title like moving eyeball gif and then you just kind of scroll down and it's like yeah. weird movies, weird objects, weird history and it's just like these little text blurbs of all these things. Like I rewatched the second episode recently and all of it is just like someone emails her through her website and the sender is unknown and they sent it. She, first of all, she opened it. Second of all, it was full of all these sketch buttons and she clicked on all of them. I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) who does this? Anyways, that was like web design in the early days. And we were like the very next step after that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like, cause that technology in the nineties, it's, fun to display like how you, it's like a projection of how you want it to work yes versus if you actually like the marvel movies don't reference like phones like you never see a phone in a marvel movie you don't nope. like if you actually show like okay i'm gonna log in oh shit it's two-factor off okay, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna type in it's like oh fuck i forgot my password let me try my password manager and then you're like fuck i'm on zoom still screen sharing oh man and then it's like they're not gonna show that because it's weird no um, it's also like uh, terrifying to actually center technology and like media and like art now because it's too um it pulls you out of the element, right? It I does. Yeah. yeah. The only technology that I think has been portrayed like better and better with like TV is texting. Like that yeah. just kind of nuance yeah. of like I think that's what's also actually cool happening. medium in movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Especially like conveying like the pain that you feel when you see the three dots yeah. show up and disappear. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, oh the yeah. fuck. Eventually they'll have a movie where you like just someone types a really long thing and you just thumbs up it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That the, the reaction has literally saved me a whole life cycle of life. Like yes. the ability just to be like, cool. Yes. Like is that's the best I think any form of media invention in the last decade. For sure. The reaction has saved my life. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Hard, <laughs> hard same. Uh, so so you study basically graphic design, but like more design broadly. Yes. Um, and then you I understand that you got a, a job like at the school afterwards. Yes. Cool. I worked in-house at my university's publication department. So cool. if you've ever toured a university and they give you a you know prospectus, yeah. uh, they give you like all the fun branded pieces of paper you that you get. That? I designed all those That's and I cool. designed some swag and stuff. And it was a really fun experience because I got to like build relationships with print vendors. And I was yeah. like, oh, I really understand how like, you know printing works and like how the digi- difference between like digital printing versus like four color offset. Um, I got to do like embossing letterpress. It was really awesome, especially if you're like a huge fan of like paper and like old methods. But cool. I think I just kind of got the sense like after doing it, I was like, I can't see myself doing this forever. Um, more and more people are getting smartphones. I don't want to be at the university forever. No, uh, yeah. that too. Yeah. I just didn't want to be like a super senior. I worked there. Like, super senior? No, exactly. Just... Sounds like super saiyan, which is a lot cooler than it sounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, super senior is like someone that t- stays on for like a fifth year, but wow. they're typically like, you know, getting a second degree or just, something. And just like, doing a victory lap. Yeah. You know, what's, what's sad is like there are a bunch of people and I think this was like the real like 
kick in the ass for me was there were a bunch of people that I worked with who had graduated from USF. And when you work at the university, the acronym changes from University of San Francisco to you stay forever. And I was, oh, no. and I was like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Like, I'm getting out of here. I, I had a friend who took a job. I went to the University of Waterloo and we did like a five-year degree. We went to the University of Waterloo and then he took, it's like a boonie town. Like no Ooh. one actually lives there. And then he took a job and worked there for another five years. Wow. So he's been in that one place for 10 years and now he's in the Philippines, which is like bizarre. Whoa. But that's like, I was like, why would you do that? Why would, <laughs> why would you do that to yourself? Right? Yeah. I mean, you didn't stay there for five years. I didn't. No. <laughs> no, I, I lived in San Francisco for the four years that I went to college and for a little under, like, I worked at the university for a little under two years. And it was just because the economy was really bad. Like, yeah. my... Um, web savvy was nowhere near what it needed to be. I mean, like I graduated in 2011, like, isn't that when Instagram started and you know, all that kind of stuff. So the design jobs, especially for like web and app were like, okay, cool. So, you know, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, C++, Python, Ruby, Rails, Ruby on Rails. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't even know what all of these things are. Like, it was, like, definitely that phase of, like, should designers code, and they all kind of did to be hired at these, like, very early stage startups. And I was like, I just can't compete, so I'm just going to stay in publication for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And just kind of, uh, I used the university's resources to uh, learn more about HTML and CSS. I also got them to, like, I was working on, like, the, the university magazine, and I was like, hey, let's build an iPad version of this just so I get some mobile literacy. I mean, so we can, uh, you know, increase our, like, engagement of uh, iPad readers. Get, get more active users. Yeah, just get more active users. But it was a great exercise because it just taught me how to design publications for, like, another medium, and it was so much fun, and it required me to learn no extra um, technical skills. I found this plugin. Gosh, it was called Mag Plus, and it integrated with Adobe InDesign to basically publish like e publications that were cool. interactive and not just like flippable PDFs. Like cool. that was back in the day when um, books and magazines on the iPad all had that like page turning yeah. animation. Wow, was that yeah, skimorphism? that was a whole era with like, Yeah, everyone was very bullish on the iPad and eBooks, and yeah. that, and we just kind of hope we skipped that whole era, didn't we? Yep, yep, yep. yep. I mean, there were some lawsuits involved. There were some. There were some dicey. Side quests that happened. But I, I do miss that. Mm-hmm. That little, you know, you could pull it. Mm-hmm. It was worth that. It was definitely worth that engineer's time to make Oh, that. Yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Getting that corner to yeah, pull down just, just right. so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's, I feel like that's like a big thing. It's just kind of poking around to see whatever free stuff is available. Like mm-hmm. people don't, should do that more often. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, especially if it's just stuff that you're kind of interested in, right? And um, I think that's what my employer, the university, wanted to see was like, hey, I'm really interested in like, making this like a job that like makes me want to stay here. And it's like making more digital publications is going to make me want to stay. Like I need to learn this new program. I need to go to um, this conference, et cetera. Like I'm really interested in like gathering all these resources to make myself a better person for you, but then also go somewhere else and be more (laughs) equipped to (laughs) take the skills and the development and then go somewhere else. Yes. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Got it. I like that. Um, (laughs) What, uh, why, why were you interested in like learning the practice design stuff, like as opposed to maybe working at an agency or like even freelancing or something like that? Yeah, when I moved to New York, so when I was at USF, I went to this um, conference and I met this woman who um, later worked out of the same co-working space that I did, and her name was Jessie Arrington. And I was just really inspired, and I was like, I need to be there. I need to be with all these different types of creative people and doing all that stuff, which led me to like. M- my internship at Tatley, which was really awesome. 
And I, I think I just understood that um, to some extent, graphic design is a bit subjective. Mm-hmm. Like, and you have to have like a very informed opinion for like why something would go one way. And the thing that I think product design that makes product design different from graphic design is you really are leveraging data to make decisions and validate yeah. assumptions. And yeah, that I never thought about that, but that's, there's definitely like a feedback loop, right? Like yes. if more people press the button, then it's objectively a better button. Yes. Yeah. So like for instance, you asked about agencies, why I didn't yeah. want to do that. I had a lot of friends that worked at agencies. They re- do this huge redesign and then they kind of send it off and they don't know what happened to it. Was yeah, it successful? Man. Was it not? Like did the company yeah. actually end up shipping it or using it or what do we want to change about it? And I think product design, it's like, you know, and ever evolving, ever changing, like always revisiting, always iterating. And I think that that part really fascinated me. I also think that like a huge part of what I do now is like user research and usability testing. And I love talking to people and I love just um, getting their opinion on like why something is or isn't working for them. So product design is like the perfect occupation to do that. Cool. That's very cool. I mean, we're going to get into this later, but I imagine that Etsy is like a perfect medium for that. Cause oh, it's like, yeah. it's a marketplace, yeah. right? So literally like increased sales, everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. So it's like a perfect, like just, it, like objectivity feedback loop to yeah. doing all that. Mm-hmm. But it also has like a community where they make kind of subjective stuff, yeah. right? Like yes. a, the community and the art that's done there is very like, even though you can measure the sales, most people don't really operate their businesses like that, right? No. Kinda, they kind of just want to make something to exist, right? Exactly. To make it to exist. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of our job as the designers to ensure that their business is set up for success by, you know, giving them tools that make their listings look more appealing to buyer, buyers yeah. and make it easier to purchase. Cool. Yeah, cool. So, so basically, you were there, and you're like, I don't want to be a what's the term again? Forever, uh, the oh, yeah. forever employee. Oh, you stay, you stay forever. forever. You stay forever. You do not happen. want to stay yeah. forever. No, yeah. absolutely cool. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just like, I mean, Etsy. Um, next year, I will have worked at Etsy for four years, and that's going to cool. be like the longest job I've ever cool. had, which is awesome. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so how did you switch from not staying forever to uh, Tatley? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I went to um, this uh, conference called Type OSF. I saw Jesse Arrington speak and she was just talking about like her journey and like really embracing who she was and the kind of people she surrounded herself with. And she was working out of this co-working space called Studio Mates. And I kind of went through my Twitter and I was like, I follow all of these people on Twitter and they're all working out of this one space. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. like also back when Twitter was so innocent. It was, it really wasn't <laughs> the trash heap that it is now. And I yeah. just remember thinking like, I need to be in that community of people. And so, <laughs> uh, Tina Roth Eisenberg, who is one of those people who worked yeah. out of, com- uh, out of, um, studio mates at the, at the time, uh, tweeted that she was looking for an intern for Tatley, which is a company that to this day still designs and produces uh, designy temporary tattoos. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's such a cool company. It is a cool yeah. company. And it's like a victimless crime company. Exactly. Yeah. Like we all just get free temporary tattoos. Yes. <laughs> and they like, honestly, the technology has come so far. They look so real. And, yeah. I don't know. I mean, just like uh, she tweeted that they were looking for an intern. I had to send her a pun. And uh, what was the pun? I think it was something about like, Oh, I'm ready to quit my job at the orange juice factory because I can no longer concentrate. Ah! <laughs> waka waka waka, and uh, hired, ready to work for Tatley. Interview at minimum. Yes, <laughs> yes. Hired, hired, hired. Yeah, that's actually like a really funny story. So I took like a lunch break 
uh, one day at my job at USF to uh, have a Skype interview with Tina. Mm -hmm. And I had set up my room, like at home, my apartment to like look all designy. And I put up like all the prints that I knew that they had turned into Tatleys and stuff that I had owned. I didn't buy them for the interview. I already owned them. And I was like, I feel like this is a very like value aligned company. And literally like I'm on the Skype interview with Tina and their lead designer at the time, whose name is Yoko, who is... um, now one of my really closest friends and just they were like oh is that print by jason santa maria and i Uh. turned around and i knocked it over (laughs) and i was like oh god yeah i was just so awkward the most awkward but i don't know they liked me enough to to give me a position and here i am (laughs) (laughs) i am now the ceo of (laughs) (laughs) no no, it was great. I, I had an it was an internship. I had to tell my parents I was like, "Hey, so remember that time you like trusted me? Um, you're going to need to trust me again cuz I'm going to quit my job with like health and benefits to like be an intern and like get paid $10 an hour." And they're like, "All right, see your funeral." Like, <laughs> but but that's kind of like and going from graphic design to product designer or making a hop you're like I'll take a detour. I'll take a sidestep. Like going from full-time employment to an internship. A lot of people will look at that as a downgrade, but Mm -hmm. you're like, no, there's value in going through this part, right? Yeah. I just knew that like I was going to meet people that I'd always wanted to meet. And I, I was like, this is not an opportunity that I'm taking because it pays well. Like I'm doing it because it's going to give me the community that I'm going to need to be successful later. And that was a hundred percent true for sure. And I think it's like one of the, um, the smartest things I think I've ever done, not to toot my own horn, but I was just like, yeah, I just knew I had to get out of there. And when I gave my two weeks notice at USF, my like manager of my division was like, Kate, I just approved a 17% raise for you. And I was like, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. Yo, me, I'm going to go be an intern in New York. Yep. It'll work out. Fast. Exactly. 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 That's also such a be- beautiful New York story. Yeah, just yeah. like, I'm going to find my way there any way I can. Because if yeah. I make it there, I can make it anywhere. Honestly, because once they offered me the position, I gave my two weeks notice and I moved to New York in two weeks. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah, I sold all of my belongings. Where'd you? Where, what was your first apartment in New York? My first apartment in New York... Okay, so I stayed with a friend of mine who I grew up with, Kyle, in a railroad-style apartment in Park Slope. And What's railroad-style apartment? That's where you have to like walk through one room to get to the next room. Like, there's not a hallway. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, each room is a hallway <laughs> to the next room. <laughs> and, like, Kyle... Doesn't sound ideal. No, not ideal, but it was fine because I was only staying with him for 10 days because I think I moved on, like, um, the 19th or the 20th, and I was what, like... What, what year is this? 2013. Okay, cool. Yes. And it was the 19th or the 20th of the month, and I was like, if I can just stay with you until the end of the month, I'll find a place, yeah. like, in that amount of time. So I crashed with him. Kyle had been here... He had moved in, like, February of that same year, and he still didn't have any furniture. So he was sleeping on an air mattress. I was sleeping on an air mattress. We were both so broke. Like, we didn't have pillowcases. So we just put, like, I remember my pillowcase for the longest time was an Obama, like, uh, shirt, uh, like, with the um, Shepherd Fairy, like, yeah. illustration. The hope, That's the hope. Hope. I would just every sleep night. on uh, Obama's face every night, just holding Obama. him tight. I was like, this is going to work out my New York dreams. <laughs> Four more years. Four more, Four more years. years. Yeah. Like freezing. It was great, though, because, like, after, like, I just needed to find a place to live for a month after that, because um, then Kyle's lease in that place was going to be up, and then we were going to find a new place together. Um, And the place that I ended up finding, it was so crazy. I landed in New York, 
dropped my stuff off. And then Kyle was like, hey, let's go to a picnic that a couple of my friends are throwing. And his friends were asking me, they're like, when did you move to New York? I was like, literally today. Like, I arrived this morning. And they're like, where are you going to live? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to crash with Kyle until the end of the month. And they were just like, uh, this one guy was like, I'm going to be in Peru for a month. Do you want to just stay in my place so I don't have to put an ad on Craigslist? I was like, yes. So nice. I didn't have to do any freaky internet stuff. But God, that... Apartment. I feel like that's like a second, like a second New York story. Yeah. Just like just find the secret apartment that would never be listed ever. Never. Yeah. But yeah. I think, I mean, oh my God, it was the hottest summer. And, and <laughs> no AC? It, no AC. Yeah. Only a ceiling fan. People live like that. Yeah. People fucking live like that. I, I don't yeah. understand how. Like, I'm from California. Like, I am not used to it being hot at night. Yeah. Like, I, like my, my entire life, I was like, no, it'll cool down. It'll cool down. And no, I know. In fact, it gets slightly hotter. Yeah. I, like, I just woke up one night because I dreamt I was like being cooked alive. Yeah. Like it was so hot. That New York that the New York summer is great. Like it's like um it's like, you know, like when they have it in like the Simpsons or whatever and they're sitting in the house and it slowly turns into hell. Yes. <laughs> and that's kind of like the, where it's like you're kind of partying and like, this is great. I'm in Bushwick. So- and then you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Are we just, are we slowly dying together? Yes. Like, is this a group, group, this is a group thing. We're slowly dying. As a I, I honestly think I, I have never sweat more in my entire life. <laughs> oh my God. So much sweat. <laughs> But luckily, the apartment that I got after that was a block away from the hell apartment. So hey. it all just yeah, really yeah. kind of fell into place. Everyone has a, a couple of New York stories about horrible apartments or like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, there's every that's like part of the journey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all this time, you're an intern at Tatley. That's yeah. correct. And then I was a part time intern at Creative Mornings as well. Cool. Yeah. So like with two internships, it kind of felt like a full time job. Were those Are those like separate companies or like they, what's the... Yeah, yeah. so Tina Roth-Eisenberg, she's otherwise known as uh, Swiss Miss, she owns both of those companies. And okay. so literally, like, uh, I I would walk down the hallway to the other company yeah. in the other... You're like Jack Dorsey, space. right? Doesn't he like the, the <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that's all you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was really fun because at Tatley, I, I mean... Like when you're working at a small company, you get to do everything, right? And yeah. so I was doing everything from I got to design a publication, I got to design okay. our first catalog that we sent off to like wholesalers, which tapping into that graphic design skill. Yeah, and I got to use like beautiful photography of our very talented in-house photographer Julia Robs. Shout out to Julia! Very cool. And um, I learned how to use InDesign like even more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also worked at trade shows. I sold the tattoos. Wow! So you did um, it all. Yeah, and I produced like swag. I produced like a point of sale piece. Like I did like physical stuff, and as I did like you know mechanical stuff, like uh, formatting the tattoos for printing, updating the website every week for weekly launch. I'm also imagining at this time you just have a shit ton of temporary tattoos on you. Oh, <laughs> all the time, and like you know when I would go to just, parties, like, super tatted up. Yes, we would call it sleeving up. All right, everybody, we got to sleeve up for the Javits Center. Here we go. <laughs> Yes, and I mean, if you ever want to remove a Tatley tattoo, you just have to put some scotch tape on it and rips right off. Mm -hmm. For future reference. For future reference, in case anyone's ever wondering. But I know, oh my God, I used to have that sales pitch down pat. Oh my God, yeah. Do you ever do like net tattoos? Do you do like job stoppers? Like, did you go full? Full sleeve. I think I would just do like um, everything from like the 
tips of my fingers like all the way up to Damn. yeah all the way and just in the morning scotch taping it off yep yep <laughs> wow, that's you know, true dedication yeah like the i would usually last for about two days and then i would like uh, i would rip it off because i wanted you know fresh ones to like, really showcase like how beautiful the product could be yeah because after a while i mean anyone's had like a temporary tattoo for too long and you're like ooh, is that a scab were you like born with that it kind of looks like a dinosaur like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that was so much fun. I'm glad that I had that experience. How, how long were you this uh, the the Jack Dorsey of interns? How long were you, <laughs> were you, you dual booting it? That was two years, like two Damn. full years. And I th- Wait, you you were an intern for the entire two no years? no no sorry I was an intern for that summer okay um and then I was part time for both companies okay and then I went Tatley full time cool yes. That's so, a true New York story where everyone has multiple jobs. Yep. Yeah. You have to. And I mean, like, during that time, like, oh, my God, I, I took on every freelance project I could get my hands on. It was, like, redesigning somebody's Squarespace site. I, I redesigned, like, three Squarespace sites that summer. I uh, What else did I do? I redesigned, like, decks. I put together business proposals, logos, like, you name it. Like, it is a hustle. Because cash, cash in the bank. Yeah, and God, I, I'll never forget, like, you know, working freelance for a year and just that first time you do taxes as a freelancer, and oh. you're like, oh, God, <laughs> here's $4,000, Uncle Sam. I'm not totally crying right now. <laughs> so painful. Oh, my God. So painful. Uh, so, so can you talk more about, like, doing the freelancing? Like, what was yeah. that like? Because I feel like for a lot of designers, it's always this. I feel like design is uniquely the one where you can always just kind of do freelancing on the side. Yeah. Like, I'm software engineering people, like, get weird. Like, they just want you to do more, and you're like, mm, no thanks. And yeah. So you can't really have the option. But, yeah. yeah. God, you know, as a designer, when you do freelance, uh, the thing that really sucks about it is the amount of revisions that you're going to have to do. Yeah. And, you know, you try to build it into the contract. You're like max three, max five, et cetera. Yeah. But it's like always you got like final V4 dash two. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> like I, I think like the thing that was most difficult for me about freelancing was just the unpredictable amount of time that you could spend on something, even though you kind of have a picture in your mind of how long something should take, you know, especially if you're friends with the person or you kind of are cool with someone. Yeah. God, it's really, really difficult. So in this period where it's two jobs and freelance, is this like nights and weekends? Is this like how many hours a week are you working here? Oh God. I mean, I would work 10 to six, like on the clock and then freelance. I mean, it was like at least seven to 10, um, at least three or four nights out of the week. Wow, so that's like a real hustle. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, you're making $10 an hour, you gotta <laughs> do it, right? That and I also just wanted the uh, exposure. Hey, like, yeah. you know, I wanted like build to- Build that portfolio. Yeah, build my portfolio and like have uh, good relationships with people. And I mean, mm. like those freelance gigs uh, got me more freelance gigs, which was great. Yeah. It's kind of like you build a rapport with someone and a relationship and um, I'm a very reliable person. So, you know, in a pinch, like- of course, I'll do it. <laughs> cool. Uh, would you go back to it, or it sounds no. like? Cool. So it sounds like that was a hustle. That was like a. Pure Kate has hustle. a real salary now. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just asking the question. <laughs> no. this, this is an interview, after all. No, 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 no. Like I, I think it's just. I. Would you go back to being paid ten dollars an hour? No. no. <laughs> that was not my question. That was obvious. No. No, the freelancing. I think it's just like my time, like away from a computer, yeah. is so precious to me now. Like, yeah. and I, I think like that was the hugest thing. Was like, God, I. My first, like, a real apartment that I, like, signed, my name was on the lease. <laughs> like, it was a ground-level apartment, but my room was basement level. So if I was freelancing, I was in a basement-level room 
for like hours. And I was yeah. like, I, I really don't like this. So yeah. I think like that's what made it feel kind of lonely and isolating was like that specific experience. Do you feel like it would be, like, it was worth it in the sense of building that portfolio? Cause I mean, your portfolio was like off the charts at that point. You like had all the things, <laughs> all the, all the tats, you're putting all the LeBron numbers. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was worth it because I mean, I got to work for like a couple, um, fashion companies, which you know, as we talked about before it was, was the your... initial dream. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and I got to work with like, there was a really cool, project that we did with these uh, plus size models who had been let go from um, I think it was Wilhelmina and they were trying to start their own thing and so I got to just look at all of these amazing photos of these like beautiful women and like you know put forth all of their accolades and showcase them to like business investors and stuff. Cool. And I was like, this is so cool. I'm so glad I wouldn't have done this if yeah, I wasn't doing it. There's no other work. way to get access to that. No, work, right? yeah. exactly. And one of them ended up being Ashley Graham, who hey. ended up being on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So I was very like, this famous is great. very cool. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. very cool. So, you know, you, so you have Ashley Graham on the taxes. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> no, me and Ashley, my CPF, my close personal friend, Ashley. No, no, God, no. But she, I did meet her once and she was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. We'll back up. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Confirmed. Cool. cool. Got it. Got it. Um, I get. I get. So I'm not a designer by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, if anything, the designer of this Mary Technology Co. is Kirk Fernandez. So hey. I, I really don't know this. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it looks the way it does. Um, how? How? What, what? What is like kind of the way to think about a portfolio in terms of just like your career as a designer? My impression is that like that's actually like a strong basis by which people actually kind of judge you because it, you know it is a visual medium, right? So absolutely, I would say like you really have to be cognizant of how you're marketing yourself, right? If yeah. you're marketing yourself, like uh, when I was first starting out my career, I said print and web designer. Now my portfolio contains absolutely no print because I don't want to confuse people. I don't want to like potentially date myself to like a yeah. new potential employer. Yeah. Um, I think as a product designer, it's much more impactful to showcase fewer projects that um, you can tell a longer story about and you want to see the full process. Mm. Like versus if you're doing like a print or branding specific portfolio, they really only care about the finished product, right? Yeah, they don't really give a shit about how you got there. No, exactly. They're (laughs) like, oh, that looks slick, right? So beautiful. It's like, it's basically like a larger scale dribble, right? Is it something where it's easier to train people to be product designers versus being graphic designers? Is one a more trainable skill set if it's less subjective? Hmm. Or like visual design versus product design? I think it is more difficult to be a visual designer. But, um, but there are rules and, and basic principles. Like there are rules about grids and type and like it's not like it's completely made up. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that question. I think yeah. it's, it really is highly dependent on the person and like I think the thing that makes a good product designer is just like a separation of one's ego from the work. Detaching yourself from the creation aspect of it? Yeah, exactly. And I think like as a graphic designer, it is your ego. It's like Mm -hmm. that is what informed the final product, right? Versus data, right? Like, you know, it's just like I am being chosen for my aesthetic sensibility, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Closer to art, I assume. Right, closer to art versus like product designer. It's like I'm being chosen to work on this because I understand what users want. I understand like what... The, the problem is that we're trying to solve and I have not just one but several ways that we can go about solving it and I have a plan for uh, I understand the problem space now and like a plan for where it should go in the future yeah cool it's I like much, that. It's much more of like, um, I don't know, I, I read this like annual report that was put out by Envision recently and they were talking about like the different levels of maturity for product designers. Mm-hmm. And level one is like you're a producer. You're just um, churning out work and like that's 
what you're expected to do, like really awesome, like final finished pieces. The second level is like you're a connector. You're like facilitating connections between like engine and product, et cetera. Yeah. The third level is, uh, I think you're a scientist and you're like using, cool. you know, hypothesis cool. and you're running you know, a, a, experiments. A, a falsifiable. You're running a method or process. Yeah. Exactly. To gain you information. That's exactly. cool. I like that. Yeah. I really yeah. like that. Yeah. So, but at the end of the, the pyramid or whatever is like visionary. I am using design to like shape business metrics and company strategy cross platform. Yeah. Visionary. I think of like a Dr. Manhattan from like the Watchman where you're just like the final form. You're just like floating naked blue. Yep. And you're like, I know all the type ramps. That is what all of your staff designers do. I have all the fonts on my MacBook. (laughs) Every font will load. Yes. Yes. That's the, okay. That's the only thing that I kind of miss about freelancing is the ability to just steal fonts from whoever you're working from. <laughs> I do still have like a zip drive of them on my Dropbox of just like, all right, this one's cool, this one's cool. Everybody it, does it. I think that's a really good point about the graphic design and the art of like, um, to be a good product designer, you have to understand the person you're trying to help or trying to impact and like design is like solving a problem and design is like, it's a solution to a question maybe that some people ask or didn't ask. Mm-hmm. Whereas like art is just something you experience, right? Yeah. And like it's just, it has to, the act of existing is the art in itself, right? Yes. Yeah. And then I think that like graphic design is a, it's a really like, it's a service industry, right? Yeah. Because if you're doing it, especially like at an agency level or a freelance, like the client at the end of the day kind of has the final it's say. A, it's like a patron, yeah. right? It like is. In the old art models, right? It's a patron. It's a rich person, right? Exactly. <laughs> and it's just sort of like if that person... They're like, like sick, if, I'll put it in my castle. Right. And it's like, you know, you, you could design all these different versions and the version you hate the most is the no, one the client likes. Like, That's I, I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one you're going to go with. <laughs> and you can't prove that they're wrong because they're the client. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I love being right. So <laughs> A-B testing is a great way to feel validated. Sometimes sometimes product design, if you're in a startup where there is like a founder has a lot of control, like it kind of reduces back down to that too, right? Yes. Like depending on the founder or the executive or the manager that you work with. Yeah. So it's I've not removed, experience. but not that far removed from it, depending yeah. on where you work, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I have had that experience as where well. It's like, cool, but I still want, I want that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Noted. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say that, like, I feel like design is also different software and that, like, design is this this awkward thing where everyone thinks they have opinions on what looks good. Mm -hmm. Like, with software, everyone's like, all right, the button doesn't work. Or, like, I don't know what you're doing, smart person. Just go make it work. They're not just going to read your code and be like, you know, I thought over here what you should have (laughs) done. But design, it's like, you know, the the, the feedback is, like, very... um, it's uneducated, right? Yeah. <laughs> like any anyone can give you feedback yeah. on design. For However, better, like for worse. exactly. I can't really like exactly what you said, Randy. I can't give you feedback on your code. I mean you could you could pull uh, up the code review. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could. look at you and be like, no, it's working. Yes. <laughs> on line one forty eight. I have some questions. I mean, unless it's like, you know, values that I can very easily interpret because yeah. of the way that it's been cased in the code. <laughs> I'll be like, uh, that doesn't seem like a logical name for that <laughs> that function, actually. Um, You're just giving code convention feedback? Yeah, like exactly. the, wor- the worst feedback to give it a code review? No, the worst like, is uh, like... Could you try naming it like this? I know, God. Or All like, caps or underscore? <laughs> or be that person that's like, um, you forgot a semicolon? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'm done now. I'm out. <laughs> it's like, and you're welcome. <laughs> what I was going to say a second ago, though, is that um, I, I feel like you kind of made like a pretty clear distinction, which is that um, doing product design is based on the act of understanding what the users actually want and trying to find objective measures around, like, are you actually accomplishing, helping them accomplish the goal that they actually want. Yes. 
Um, could you just talk more about that? Because I feel like a lot of times people kind of come with the understanding that like they have to make. It seems like there are a lot of cases of people in a world where it's like graphic design, but really they should be in the world of product design. And that's like the gap in terms of like the interactions going on. Yeah, I think that a lot of times like things are redesigned without fully understanding the problem. Like what problem is this solving, right? Like is a redesign necessary or is like a modification more necessary? And um, I think that's the biggest distinction is that everyone, at, at least when I understood it, like going to school, it was like, oh yeah, I did a full rebrand of X company, right? And you never stop and think like, why? Why did, why did you do it? Like, because they got money. Exactly, it's they just got money like, and they oh, can't they fix the real funding. problems. Yeah, yeah. Right, and they don't change anything about it except like the type treatment of the logo and yeah. the different fonts, and maybe they added like a little bit more padding to you know give it more white space and breathing room. You know, like when you have to do a bunch of shit and like you just like clean your room or you organize stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the the capitalist version of that in startups is you get a new office. Yep. Or you do a redesign. <laughs> yep. The redesign yep. is like the classic thing of it's a thing to do when you're avoiding the real thing. You you have to do mm-hmm. and it creates a mm-hmm. bunch of work and there's reviews and meetings and you're like sick we got a new br-. like uber <laughs> redesign slack redesign facebook like, yeah like and it's like you're not like i plant my room too yeah i just <laughs> didn't, i didn't spend a billion dollars doing it right yeah. like it's like cleaning your like you know it looks better right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think i, I just I, i'm really drawn to like the problem solving aspect of yeah. it and yeah. like you know graphic design traditionally is not about problem solving it's yeah. just all about aesthetic sensibility in my opinion yeah did you did you learn the uh, problem solving part somewhere? Because I imagine the problem solving translates a lot to like research, UX, things like that. Absolutely. So um, I took a class at General Assembly. I Sick. leveraged that uh, professional development hey. while I was gotta use that free money. Gotta use it. I mean, <laughs> money I, on the table. I was working at a at a company called uh, it was a startup called Karma Wi-Fi, yep. and they sold these pocket Wi-Fi hotspots. I bought one of those one time. Did you? Is that company still alive? No. Sick. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a really cool idea. It I, was. I thought it was a cool idea, yeah. Yeah, and I think like the, every startup gets pressure from their f- funders or whatever to, you know, make a, a subscription model, and that is where the company just recurring, absolutely... Recurring revenue, baby. Yeah, yeah. just crumbled. <laughs> uh, yeah, I felt really bad because like what it was was it was like... It's a cool device. Yeah, it, it is a cool device. device. What, you, what was the device? You would turn it on, and you would basically create like a public Wi-Fi hotspot. And Wait, isn't that like in vogue now? I thought there's... Wait... They were like the originals? They, yeah. This was 2015. Where was your office? On Grand? Uh, one, five. Uh, it's like right across the street from Baz Bagel. Yes. Yo, I worked there. Yeah. I worked in Hightower above what? you. What? No yeah. way. What, what years did you work at that's Karma? Cool. 2015 to I, 2016. That's the exact same year as I worked there. Yeah, I was right above you. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember because Karma was there. That's wild. That thing. Now, you know, That's it's an art cool. gallery now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> totally makes sense. Yeah, I used to do my one-on-ones with Donald at Baz, and we just, like, yell at each other for an hour. <laughs> oh, my God. Small world, dude. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, That's Car- how I remember it. I was like, oh, I've seen it somewhere. You've seen it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a cool idea because you would turn it on. You'd basically create a public Wi-Fi hotspot, and me, the Karma user, would get rewarded with 100 megabytes of data every time a new person it was, connected. It was a cool Really? Thing. That's yeah. sick. It yeah. was really cool it just what ended up happening was users like me would never need to buy more data because Uh, like everyone wants free wi-fi it worked worked too well yes exactly (laughs) yeah kind of like movie pass yes yes it was ostensibly movie pass but for wi-fi for wi-fi yeah yeah yes (laughs) i love it that's also a victimless crime like 
the, you know, that company didn't work out, but you just gave people internet access. Yeah. That's like sick. I still if think rich was, people find that, that's fucking genius. That's better than most thing. startups, right? Yeah. It was very noble. Like, everyone needs Wi Fi. Nobody wants to, you know, pay too much for data and go yeah. over their minutes, you know? Yeah. It's great. Exactly. A, I, I still think that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. If there's a way to make it more scalable, you know, tell somebody. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, I had originally been hired to be like a marketing uh, graphics designer for cool. them. So I was like rebranding all of their emails like how big was the company when you joined it was less than 15 people okay so i was like higher number like 12 13 14 or something like that. okay cool mm-hmm. I, I actually didn't ask her how big was uh tatley slash creative morning slash all, everything else yeah that okay Swiss Miss does? tatley was less than 10 people i think it was like eight okay that's, that's um, tight you're all tattered tattered yeah up, right? like, tattered <laughs> together um and sleeved up i think at one <laughs> point it, it did grow to like you know more than 10 but yeah. like definitely not more than 15 uh, full-time employees cool. and then creative mornings was four <laughs> yeah wow. or five yeah right. so, so these are really small, small very well like small. you know everyone you sure okay cool absolutely so you know transitioning to karma was no big deal but transitioning from karma to etsy where it's like the first day of college like, <laughs> you're just like oh my there's god there's cafeteria and dorms and like there's <laughs> hufflepuff and stuff like that yes exactly you get <laughs> yeah. sorted yeah, like yeah. orientation like i didn't have an orientation to my jobs <laughs> are you kidding me oh my god at, at Karma, were you doing marketing design for the, the full point of your duration there, or did you transition into product design? There? I, at the end of it, was trying to transition into product design, and I was redesigning their checkout flow. Cool. But I needed to leave before then. <laughs> 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 Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool because they uh, had two product designers on staff, and uh, they were handling... Um, like what the experience was when you actually opened the app on your phone and connected uh, to the device or when people were joining and how much you were being rewarded with. Um, and so one was working on both the web and app experience and then mm-hmm. they hired a second person to work um, exclusively on the web so the other person could work exclusively on the app. Cool. Yeah. And so you were there basically use the free money to get... <laughs> The product design experience. Yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, while I was there, I how, also... How much money did they give you? Uh, to do... To learn, to do the professional development stuff. I mean, it was basically, like, I pitched them, like, the general assembly class that and I wanted they, to take, they, and they were they like... They bought that course. That, yeah, that course. And it was, like, a really long course. It was twice <laughs> like a... Like a three-month course? It was... Yeah, I think it was, like, at least two, because it was twice a week for, I want to say, 10 or 12 weeks. Oh, wow. So that yeah. was like a full... So, cor- yeah. It's like a semester, a quarter, or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, it was really great. I want to say it was, like, somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, eight to ten grand. So wow. it was not cheap. They really liked you. Yeah. yeah. Damn. <laughs> Had some potential, but, you know... <laughs> I take my talents to South Beach? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I bear, like, I, I'm so grateful for that because, like, I got to take a class that was taught by this guy that was working for um, PwC as their head of UX, and he had a lot of experience working for other companies. I think he was, like, head of UX at, like, um, WWE, the Wrestling Foundation awesome. or whatever. Yeah, it was great. World, world Wrestling Entertainment, Yes, right? yeah. World <laughs> Wrestling Entertainment, not I WWF, st- sorry. I still vaguely remember being a kid when they add the E. Yeah, yeah like it's not real. Exactly. <laughs> sick lawsuit. Yes, sick, sick, lawsuit. sick, sick lawsuit. lawsuit. The yeah. Panda one. The Panda one. <laughs> it's like, that's the one thing where like the good guy actually, like yes. I was like, I, I don't regret that at all. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, he, he had so much like insight to, to draw from and he really like taught me like the design process, right? Because I I think like if I'm going to be really honest like before I didn't really have a process for doing design it was kind of like someone would tell me what a project was and I would just do it right just it, like yeah. just kind of go for it like, just generate ideas and be like 
does this work? Yeah. Version one, <laughs> version two, too. version Me three. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. yeah. I'm all about those versions. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he really taught me like, you know, the, the impetus of like, you know, starting onto a project, which is like, what is the need? What is the, the problem that you're solving? And at the end of the class, we designed our own app based on, you know, gaps and opportunities that we saw, which was really cool. I designed a, um, an online dating app that matched you based on your online streaming preferences. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, it was that's called, cool, that's cool. What's it was it called? called Caught Up. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's good, that's good. Honestly, if anyone wants to like help me develop this, I think it would be sick. Right? <laughs> it would have literally unmatched my wife and myself because we have like totally like a null set of the, of like no intersection of, uh, honestly, mostly life interests beyond <laughs> each other going out and like one or two other things. Yep, but yep. yeah, we would have like completely been... I think it's just a vehicle for you to have something to talk about spark, because that was something. that was the insight that yeah. I had was like all these people are using these online dating apps but like they're literally just matching based on appearance they're not even reading the profile like what is something that kind of like gives you a thing to to talk about to talk about yeah. I like that mm-hmm. that should that should probably exist I feel like someone should do that right right yeah exactly and just be like hey you're on. Narcos season one episode three. <laughs> I'm on Narcos season one episode three. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to binge together? <laughs> I mean, there's like Hinge. There could also be binge, right? Hey, there's so hey, many hey, different hey, directions hey, you can take it. Binge, uh. binge would be good. Binge, right? That's actually, a good really cross like that, brand yeah. between like yeah. Zoom and Netflix. Oh, <laughs> it's just like a mashup. Like yes, a mashup. Like exactly. <laughs> so you take you take the the class like a couple months class at least. Learn the design process. What mm. else did you learn besides just kind of like the the process, like in like research and stuff like that. Yeah. What else did I learn? Did I mean, maybe you meet about any other cool designers? Did you like, you're like, Oh cool. I want to work with you. Or like, that's a cool company. I, I think I mostly like the biggest thing that I took away from it was the design process yeah. and cool. having like a portfolio piece at the end, because yeah. I think that's the most difficult part when you are, um, getting into product design is like, what is a case study that you have to offer? Like yeah. what is yeah. something that you actually devoted all of this time and like have, you know, proof of concept that and what ways have you validated that this thing needs to exist and like was it actually built was it actually shipped um, so I think that that was the best part about it was like having that product at the end of it um, to present and add to my portfolio alongside all of my other like random web pieces of work <laughs> all your tattoos all my tattoos uh, all the marketing pages I like retrofitted to fit a product design portfolio I was like oh yeah we definitely started off with a problem like, <laughs> before redesigning this <laughs> Uh, did, when, uh, for the company you were at at the time, the uh, the Wi-Fi company, like, did you have much time between when you took the class, or at least finished the class, to actually apply it, like, in the job? Uh, yeah, maybe about like two months, where okay. I got to like really try my hand at redesigning our checkout experience. Okay, um, and it was awesome because I got to build a prototype, yeah. and I had that to kind of show real off. product designer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As like a flashy thing, and I eventually was hired at Etsy. For the checkout team, so cool. I nice. was like, it, it would just directly correlate to that. <laughs> <laughs> so like, do that, but here, yes, but exactly. with more things, but with more things. Yeah. Uh, so, can you talk more about kind of that transition to Etsy? Because I feel like it's it's almost like this thing. If you're a graphic designer, like object capacities, you like got that free money to like basically become a product designer. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, let's do like some. Real did like the though. double portfolio piece, like the portfolio piece from the class and then also the last project you worked on at, the, mm-hmm. at Karma, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, transitioning to working at Etsy was 
like incredible and overwhelming. Like, uh, it was straight into Dumbo. Yeah. God. I mean, it was nuts. I, I mean, Tatley and creative mornings were both in Dumbo. I left Dumbo to go to Soho, you know, right across the bridge. And yeah. then I came right back to Dumbo <laughs> again. You're like, nothing's I, good over I there. I miss working in that neighborhood. It's like very peaceful. It's like peaceful, rich. Oh <laughs> my God. Yeah. It has changed so much, dude. Yeah. There yeah. used to be nothing to eat. And now yeah. we got like a sweet green. Yeah. We got a Shake Shack. I remember pre Shake Shack Dumbo. Oh my God. It was <laughs> abysmal. There were like just nothing but bodega food and like three food trucks. Yeah. Lots of food trucks in Dumbo, right? Yes. Lots, yeah, yeah. Yes. And one really crappy Mexican restaurant. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, um, working at Etsy was awesome because, but it was awesome because they had so much process in place to like help really like acquaint you with like the design team, their process. Like when I was, uh, brought on like the onboarding process was incredible. Like they were like, okay, here's history of the company. Here's like history of this role. Here's all this documentation about things that we've tried before. Here is your design buddy that can like answer any questions That's that you have. So thoughtful. Very it, was. Very thoughtful. it was so cool. It was just very like considerate and human. You're just like, Hey, new person. I don't expect you to know everything I'm talking about. Also, here's 5,000 acronyms that you've never heard before. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a fire hose of information that we give people. And I always, whenever we have new people join, I always like try to convey like, I do not expect you to know anything. I want you to ask me a ton of questions. Please do not make any assumptions. Like I'm not judging you. Ask away. (laughs) That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. So it was great. I think the only thing was, um, there are so many talented people that work there that I was really, truly intimidated because this is my first product Mm -hmm. design job. And I'm surrounded by these people that I, followed on Twitter, knew from friends of friends to be super capable people who like, you know, spoke at design conferences and things like that. And I was like, do I deserve to be here? They have like the Claire Warby Parker frames, right? Oh my God. They had the design uniform. They got that, you know, like light blue Uniqlo shirt. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just... To go yeah. to Bar- Barcelona together. Barcelona, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> God. So, uh, you, you, Etsy. Uh, yeah, Etsy. Actually, I want to go back for a second. Like, yeah. what was the process like in terms of the design process at um, the company before Etsy? Because it was a small company, and there were a couple of product designers already. Like, I what assume was, like, very sparse. It was very sparse. Like, I mean, it was basically kind of like the product designers would have their own separate corner, which was slightly separated from the marketing designer corner because we sat with like the copywriters and um we're working very closely with them and the product designers sat closer to the engineers um to okay. kind of you know finesse and pixel push did you have a uh, product managers like, there was team leads there was literally only one pm for the entire company i bet they were super chill she was <laughs> she was she was uh pushed to her limits for sure i mean stretched very thin uh yeah, it was only 1 p.m. that had to handle all of those different things. And you, would th- you wouldn't think that it would be too crazy because it's like we literally only sold one product. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot a lot of stuff to do. Really helped me build some uh, sympathy f- and empathy for... Uh, <laughs> sympathy was sympathy. the right, sympathy sympathy was, was sympathy the right, was the right word. word. That was the right word. <laughs> yes, I, I empathized a lot with her. I was like, and sympathized with her. <laughs> it's, just, it was a, it's a lot of work that she had to do. I, I, yeah, this is actually one of the questions I have is like, where does like products and, and design begin? Because I feel like so many companies like hire a designer, they're like, oh, we, we, we fucked this up. <laughs> we need to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a question that we're still asking at, at Etsy <laughs> because I, I think that like the role definition sometimes is not clear, like who gets to call the shots on certain things versus others. Um, in my opinion, like the product, product manager is in charge of like, 
the business metrics at the end of the day. It's like, are we meeting our goals? Like, are we actually like, you know, setting the right KPIs for all the different things that we want to accomplish. And the designer is responsible for delivering on those things. But like the designer PM relationship, it's like a marriage. Like you have to always be on the same page. You're going to disagree sometimes. You're going to fight about it. But at the end of the day, you still respect and love each other and you move on. uh, (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully that's the ideal relationship. Honestly, I feel like that's what like tech lead too. except Mm -hmm. it's this weird thing where it's like, you have to be really close to the PM. The PM is really close to the designer. The the tech lead and the designer don't really have to get each other. Don't always, don't always, don't always. Like the PM yeah, yeah. gives a, kill, a chill, chill, so yep. it's like a, it's like fine. Like as long as they're in the center, like everything will be fine. But yeah. the second the PM yeah. is away, like just dogs and cats like shouting at each other. Yeah, like, uh, yep. yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of ways, like if we were a family, the engineers are the kids, and like we're the parents, like protecting all the kids from all like the insane <laughs> shit. Like as the product. Uh, manager, designer, and tech lead. You're yeah. just like, you kids don't need to hear this. It's okay. Go to your room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I agree with that assessment. <laughs> it's, like, it's like mom and dad are fighting. Yes. <laughs> like tech leads, like the older sibling, like the mm. oldest sibling yes. who like hears like the, the shitty parts, but yeah. like not the full story. And you're like, all right, like yeah. just here's what everyone else needs to know. But it's yes. like, we're so. doing what? <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell the other guys. I'll tell, I'll tell them, I guess. Um, yeah. The PM is, PM is a h- hilarious job because it's like, um, to um, it's like you're always either making someone really happy or kind of disappointing someone, mm-hmm. and it's like it's always the balance of trying to figure out like who's the person you're going to make happy or disappoint kind of today. Um, but PM product, like when I was a PM, I thought being a PM was a designer. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately, I thought that's what it was. Yeah. And I think there are some PMs who still kind of think that in some weird way, and they're not great to work with the designers because you have a designer. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's kind of like um. You have to really trust each other, right? And I think like a, the sign of a good PM is someone who empowers the design to make decisions instead of dictating them. And I've worked with, like at Etsy, I've worked with every style of PM. It's like there's one who kind what, of... What are the archetypes? Like if you're doing the dungeons, like the Pokemon. Yeah. Or... <laughs> the archetypes. Yeah, the archetypes. Um, I worked with a PM who basically made all the decisions and it was my job to execute on said decisions. That is a type of PM for sure. I had a PM who we didn't have like an initiative lead for a while. And that PM just didn't know what to do because they couldn't come up with a direction to go down. The lost PM, the the rattled PM. Absolutely. What do you mean by, uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, No initiative or whatever. Yeah. Tons of feedback, tons of pressure. Inability to make a decision. Yes, Got exactly. Class, classic failure state is both. Yes. Classic. Yes. Beginner, beginner failure state. And it's kind of like, you know, we have like buyer and seller on Etsy, yeah. right? But yeah. like buyer is chunked up into all these different yeah. uh, pieces. And basically for our chunk, there was no one person responsible for the four or five different squads that fell under it. So it was kind of like, like we really like, especially as the checkout team, we had to be very autonomous and like make all these decisions ourselves with no, no upper level input, which can be exciting and daunting. Like I totally understand like why this person kind of like really, uh, was turned around by that. But I think that, um, I saw it as an opportunity to really like stretch, like what we thought the best thing to do as a team was like, and pitch it to the company and make it valuable. So that was really a fun exercise for me because I got to learn how to kind of be a PM. Yeah. (laughs) Did you like it? It was cool because I think like I was able to articulate all of my design decisions under these like overarching like user problems. And, um, yeah, I, I did like it. The thing that I do not like about like PM life is QA. Like it's so difficult. Testing. Yeah. Testing. Jira tickets? God. Like, I, I love Jira. I love a good background. God, I hate Jira. It's the worst. 
And I the, think the key to the Jira backlog or any backlog is know the keyboard shortcuts. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's any. how you fly through everything in life. Keyboard shortcuts. I'm always like, where the hell is the Epic? How do I get to the Epic? <laughs> I, I, I feel like the child analogy like rears his head again, because like as an engineer, honestly, the ideal state is like, here's a magical ticket that like solves all my problems. And yes. I simply need to like, just, and if only I finished the ticket, yes. life, life would be better. Yes. Only, if only, if only there were some people stop bothering me. Yeah. And I could just fucking code this ticket. And life would be great. And go home. I understand why why they're important. It's just the work that is required to like make the best ticket sometimes yeah. is like, oh, so daunting and cumbersome. If you want to see something scary though, the underside of Jira, where they have the state machines that run the tickets. Oh yeah, yeah. I've had to set that up. Fucking state I, I set those up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sat there in, in deep meditation. It was like, which state machine is the perfect one for our company? If you think yeah. that was fucked up, someone had to PM and fucking design that. Yeah. <laughs> That's who I feel the most sorry for the PMs and designers like of Jira. Magnitude complexity. Like Notion, I like, but I was like, man, I could never be a PM in Notion. Mm. Can you imagine fucking specking? They don't spec that shit out. Nope. No, no it's, it's just like, it's go. and it like, it's obviously it's going to like tip over at some point, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It works now. That's all that matters. Exactly. I distinctly remember like looking at my screen at a bunch of like arrows and circles, and I was just thinking about it. And someone was like, "Randy, what are you looking at?" And I was like, "How to minimize who gets pissed off." <laughs> <laughs> Making your own decision tree, anger decision tree. So you t- you talked about like maybe what's what's like what's a great PM to design a relationship? What's a great engineering to design a relationship? Um, a great engineering to design a relationship, in my opinion, is someone who can explain it to me like I'm five. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like in all honesty, because sometimes Speak, speaking clear English, speaking clear English, and just like really making me aware of why what I am asking for is completely unreasonable or unfeasible, feasible, or yeah. like articulating the trade offs to me in a way that I can understand. Right. Yeah. Um, for instance, I mean, I, I still. Uh, so when I first started working at Etsy, I was working primarily on the web, and now I work on the app. So I had to learn like a completely different skill set in different languages because iOS and Android are completely different and yeah. that those two things need to talk to the API, which is also different, right? Yeah. So I'm now talking to three different types of engineers to accomplish one goal. <laughs> and um, I think my engineers are really, really awesome at like telling me, uh, and I'm really, I try to like, you know, propose like my ideas very early on and when they're not precious to like just wrap my head around like the state of the code. Yeah. And um, it's great. Like when they can tell me like, Kate, it is going to take us three weeks to redesign this header because it is attached to five other headers that are dependent on the way that this one looks. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's all you look for, yeah. I'm just like, perfect. Understood. <laughs> I will rethink it. <laughs> the, uh, the, the engineer that, like, the, the engineers that I loved working with, it was rarely, like, proportional to their, like, raw coding ability. or dis- That mattered a lot, don't get me wrong. But it's literally their ability to communicate with other folks yeah. that like puts them in their top like one percent or whatever. Because it doesn't matter if you're really skilled if you can't work with other folks, then you're like um, total contribution is capped to your own little world, right? Yes, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that um, I really like working with engineers that you know want to sit on sit in on user research, and they're giving feedback based on like what they think. Uh, a user would want or what they believe like about my design has made something more confusing. Um, or, you know, at least like I'm an iOS user. Like I rely really heavily on my Android, uh, native developers to tell me like, is this an Android dark pattern? Does this make sense for Android? You know, you know, uh, iOS is like a very bouncy springy kind of experience. And like on Android, everything like eases in and eases out. Like that's something really valuable that I appreciate them telling me. That's awesome. 
Um, I can I can share a little hack of like how to make the estimates Ooh. go lower if Ooh. you want for an engineer. Yeah, um, just make them think it was their idea. Yes, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Are you when feeling, I when I, I read, yeah, I yeah, understood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when uh, when I started doing that, everything was like one day. It was like one day to do it. No, it, in all honesty, I mean, you mentioned like, like the ego, right? Separating the ego from the work, and that's totally it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, like, there's great ego in engineering. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's great ego in all making. I yeah. think, yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah. I don't think it's like specifically tied to like one person. It's like everyone's got yeah. some. Sense Every, it, everyone's right? like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PMs are like that too. Don't think they're not right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're all each of our disciplines like number one advocates. <laughs> 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 I I I kind of want to know about like going from basically first like true full-time product designer role to like, I guess being a senior design uh, oh, product yeah. designer. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's like you, a fair when, characterization. When did you like, feel senior? Enough? When did I feel senior? I think, uh, I felt senior when I was able to talk about the future. Like I think, um, that's cool. Like a mid-level designer is able to like execute on the goals at hand for today, but a senior level person can tell you what tomorrow, what five years from now kind of looks like, or at least in my mind, I think that person should have an understanding of that. Um, can, I, can you talk like just give an example for that? Sure. I mean, like when I was uh, working on checkout at Etsy, I uh, was tasked with finishing a project called Multi Shop Checkout. So on Etsy, we have it's a marketplace. You're buying from a bunch of different sellers that sell different things. And when I first started there, you had to pay each seller separately. So if you had three things in the cart, you had to check out three times. And so we we're like, hey, what if you checked out one time? <laughs> wow. Oh my wow. god. Promote this woman. Yes, exactly. Like, that, Give this woman a raise. No, that wasn't my idea. It was kind of like a project that was like we we grok it. We get it. Like we yeah, need yeah. this to happen and Kate, it's your job to push it over the finish yeah. line, right? And uh like here are the requirements. Now get it done, right? But um m- after that was done, it was kind of like, what are we going to work on next? Where's the biggest opportunity? That's that's okay, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so as a senior product designer, you have to be like, these are the opportunities that I believe to be valuable and here's why. And like, you're able to like cite, you know, not only like user research and insights, but also like industry best practices, your competitors. You're also able to like, um, yeah, I, I feel like you're just able to articulate like the business impact that your proposal would make. And I don't think that like a mid-level person would know to do that because I think yeah. they're just trying to like, you know, find their ground, like execute, exactly. Also like not piss anybody off. Like you're just kind of like, okay, I'm just trying to figure out like, what is my role here? And now you're just kind of like, I'm going to define my role here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cement my impact to this place. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, senior level people also do really good documentation and can really articulate underrated, that underrated skill. Underrated yeah. Skill. I, I didn't anticipate how much of my job would be writing or yeah. making decks or, you know, sharing out in biweekly, biweekly showcases, but that's a huge part of it. You know, yeah. being able to effectively communicate like the choices you make, the trade-offs, um, and the learnings, most importantly, the learnings. Because you say like the the big part of uh, like being a senior designer is like it's almost like forward looking. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a projection. Like is the writing and the decks like is a big part of then your leverage or your value as a senior designer is the ability to convince other people. Oh, I got receipts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your documentation, yo. It's like 
look at this experiment. Look at all these subsequent so you're, experiments. You're pulling all the data. You're look at these iterations I got planned. Slide after slide after <laughs> slide. Now, now if you reference slide 79. Exactly. Documentation is just like... It's, it's data. Well, to you, it's like data. Yeah. It's proof, right? It it's is. Proof, right? You know, it's like really like... Uh, Telling yourself, reminding yourself and your coworkers and your manager, like yeah. what value you've added mm-hmm. as a result of the changes you've made. Cool. Uh, there was a really funny tweet, which was that eighty um, percent of engineering is just being able to make stuff so that you can minimize the number of visions that your PM requests. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a similar principle at work here. Oh man, I love all the PM jokes. The PM yes. jokes are the best. I, feel I, like, I, I relate to a lot of them. Yes. Lot of them. PMs get thrown under the bus a lot. Yeah, that's like the job, though. That's yeah. like half, that's like 30% of the job. Mm-hmm. It's like taking the, is being the older brother or the older sister. It's like, fuck, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll eat this. I'll yep. take, yeah, like, I'll eat it. I'll eat it. All right. That's my role, right? <laughs> yep. more, more, more seriously, like, how do you, like, is there a way to develop that? Or is that just something that kind of happens as you work on a, uh, on a, on a product for long enough? I think it's it, it comes with experience and time, like in building confidence. Like that's a huge thing that I I think um, when I think about when I first started versus what, where I am now, it's like having the confidence to know which pieces of data to reference when making a case for something. Um, and you won't have that unless you've like you know you have institutional knowledge and have mm. been there for a while. So, or at least you have like proven track record of having done that somewhere, right? Um, just building like a deep, deep expertise in like a specific area. Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, so my last thing is basically like now that you're a senior product designer, kind of like what's the next thing that you want to do like for your own career development? What's, what's the future? Oh, for God. Yeah, clearly, clearly you get the, you, you accumulate <laughs> this the knowledge. This is also an interview. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, I mean, my manager just asked me about this earlier this week, you guys. I'm sorry, uh, but. It's very triggering. <laughs> no, um, I think. Um, well, what does Kate want? What does Kate want? Um, you know, I'm reading this book right now <laughs> called Designing Your Life, and uh, it's cool. great. It's cool. it's forcing me to, you know, take stock of the things that I enjoy about my work and the things that I don't enjoy. And I think eventually the next step will likely be management. Um, maybe not in the next like year or so, but I I've, I can kind of feel it building to that point because I I love talking to people and I love you know um, I'm a mentor at. Uh, at Merit, and it's Sick. great. And I, I mean, shameless plug. But no, it's great, and I feel very fulfilled by you know helping people, helping PMs, helping um, other designers that are just starting out. And um, I think that that's something like a manager does is they can see they're applying like product design principles, but to people like how can I set this person up for success? Where is this person feeling problems, and how can I you know enable them to like be successful in the future and I think that that's something that makes me really happy and I um I I didn't realize that until uh reading the book and kind of taking stock of like the things that were like using a lot of energy and not feeling great afterwards versus like ones that used a lot of energy and I felt really like energized by it you know um so I think like that's probably where it's headed is like management uh managing other product designers and growing their careers